We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. So God walks into the tent of a 99-year-old man and declares, next year, at this very time, your wife, your 90-year-old wife, will give birth to a baby boy. That very same woman, that 90-year-old woman, Sarah, stands on the other side of the tent flap, her ears pressed to the tent, eavesdropping, and she erupts into uncontrollable laughter. But today, on Yom Hazikaron, the day of remembrance, today we begin our Torah reading a year later. We begin with God's remembering Sarah on the day of remembrance. On Yom Hayom Harat Olam, the day that the world was seeded, was dreamed up and conceived in the divine imagination, we read about Yitzchak being conceived and being born. But I really want to rewind, and I want to go back to a year ago, into that previous scene with Sarah standing ear-pressed to the tent flap, eavesdropping. Because this mysterious visitor, this divine visitor, reveals to her husband that despite their advanced years, in a year they will become parents. And Sarah loses it. She shakes with laughter, and a few moments after that, God inquires, why? Why did you laugh? Why did Sarah laugh? Sarah, of course, is ashamed. How, how, did, he, how did this visitor know? And Sarah attempts to deny it. What do you mean? I, I, I wasn't laughing. No. No. You did laugh, God replies. But God's question hangs in the air. Why does Sarah laugh? And what is the quality, what is the timber of her laughter? The laconic Torah text leaves it wide open for the Talmudic rabbis. And if the Talmudic rabbis were going to, devi- were going to direct the film version of this scene, here's what it would look like. Here is Sarah, bent and bitter, withered, hardened, full of despair at what life has denied her. She cranes her neck to hear the whispering of the two people behind the tent. Then she hears this news, this news of a promising future that has been denied to her all of the years when she could have conceivably conceived. It, it wasn't that funny. Okay. So, she, no, everyone's like, it's infectious. Exactly. 
And so she hears this fake news of a promising future. <laughs> and she laughs. But in this version of a film, of the film, maybe you would call it a laugh, but it's more like a resentful <laughs> or a or maybe even a snort. It's an, oh, please, you know, tell me another one. In a year, I'm going to have a child. Come on. It's a cynical, nonverbal, outright rejection. The Sarah of this rabbi's film is a dyed-in-the-wool pessimist. And like any good pessimist, she knows the end of the story. She's not open to any changes. She knows, and the story is not going to end well for her. There's no possibility of joy. It ended. That possibility ended many years ago. And so her laughter, her, <laughs> it's one of confirmed cynicism and of despair. So that, that's one version of the film. But I want to look at another take, inspired by my teacher and our teacher, Dr. Aviva Zornberg, and her reading of, of Ramban. She says, yes, this 90-year-old Sarah has despaired for years and years through unfulfilled divine promises that she didn't even hear. They were always filtered through her husband. But she presses her ear to the tent with curiosity. And she hears the stranger utter the most absurd words possible. They don't even make sense. Shov ashuv I will, I'm going to return to you in a year's time. And behold, your 90-year-old wife, Sarah, will have a child. In that moment, something bursts within Sarah. And for a second, just a second, she lets go of that despair. She lets go of knowing the end of the story. And she sees a picture of this un fathomable future. And in that moment, this pure, contagious laughter wells up inside of her. I don't know, maybe you've experienced this kind of laughter before. It, it starts small, it grows, until it's completely uncontrollable. And there's an absurdity, a free fall, a... <laughs> I don't know, what if? What, could you imagine it? This isn't the laughter of the controlled certainty of the cynicism and despair from the previous scene. This is a laughter of uncertainty, of not knowing the end of the story and imagining what kind of wild turn of events could be taken. This laughter, this is the seed of hope planted within unpredictable future. Hope, which is born of imagination of what could be. What, what if my world can stretch beyond my perceived limitations? What if I myself can exceed what I knew I was capable of? For Aviva Zornberg, it is this moment of imagination and possibility of embracing uncertainty, not knowing the end. In other words, it's this moment of hope that ignites the laughter. And it's this laughter that makes Sarah fruitful. 
For Aviva Zornberg, this laughter is what conceives Isaac, whose name means laughter. And it transforms Sarah from a withered, secondary character, incapable by her own account of experiencing joy and pleasure, into the matriarch, granted the complicated matriarch, who we read about today. I heard some wise words from a rabbi a few weeks ago. Imagine, wise words from a rabbi. On, on this question of hope and of knowing the end. She said, our behavior changes when we have hope, when we believe that redemption is possible. Our behavior changes when we have hope, when we believe that redemption is possible. She added, you know, it's a kind of spiritual resistance. We had just returned from a trip to the West Bank and East Jerusalem, a trip with Encounter I was facilitating with a group of Jewish executives, rabbis, and lay leaders. And this rabbi spoke of two scenarios similar to our two scenes with Sarah. In one scene, I can return to my community after this trip with nothing but despair and hopelessness, which is, mind you, a completely reasonable response given what we heard and saw. I can return thinking, I know the end of the story, and it's a tragic one. But then, with that return, with that response, I've got an easy job. I can just sit in my armchair, clicking my tongue, furrowing my brow, saying, pfft, and watching my despairing predictions come to pass daily on any number of news outlets. But what about the second scene? What about the second version of the film where I return from this trip and I say, this future is not foretold and the story has not ended. It holds multiple possibilities. We are in a dark and dangerous place in history, but I can't know the end. And I choose to believe that redemption is possible, that transformation, forgiveness, dare I say peace, as laughable as it might seem, is in the realm of possibility. I open my imagination and my heart to hope, and when I choose that hope, my behavior changes. I put myself on the line. I'm no longer sitting, despairing, clicking my tongue. As Rebecca Solnit writes in her book, Hope in the Dark, she says, hope locates itself in the premises that we don't know what will happen and that in the spaciousness of uncertainty is room for us to act. I pray for the spiritual resistance to enter each day with a sense that redemption is possible, a sense of hope, a sense that the ofek, the, the horizon out there, no matter how far away it is, is reachable, and it requires that I get to work. But that uncertainty that's at the center of hope is terrifying. How much easier to be in that place of despair like Sarah in the first scenario 
to know the end, to predict how things will fadge, to have given up on that a long time ago, then at least we have some clarity amidst the unknown, amidst the chaos. Solnit, Rebecca Solnit writes, Hope is the story of uncertainty, which is more demanding than despair, more frightening, and immeasurably more rewarding. As we read today of Sarah, of Avraham, and Hagar, I want you to go back, to think back to Sarah a year before. But not the Sarah of the first film, not the despondent one, but the Sarah courageous enough to hope. And I want to invite us to stand, those of us to stand for the first Aliyah, those of us, and I include myself here, who particularly in this last year feel more of a kinship with the defeated, bitter Sarah right now, the cynical Sarah who knows how things end. I want to invite all of us to stand up and audition for the other Sarah. The one who practices the spiritual resistance of hope, whose peals of laughter embrace uncertainty and suss out possibility within impossible situations. I want us to audition for the Sarah whose laughter births new worlds. <laughs>